Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 11.50 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host from Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. And we who do believe in freedom cannot rest till freedom come. Uh, and we're going to have an interesting show today. I uh, thank all my supporters and uh, the Virtues Healing Circles for supporting Mother's Justice Show. I want to bring my, my uh, guest on to, uh, today, Mr. Eddie Rye. Uh, and we'll be joined by uh, Attorney uh, uh, Stephen uh, Cogan uh, uh, later on. How you doing, Mr. Rye? Very fine, very fine. Uh, it's a rarity for uh, a guest to interview the host on a radio program. <laughs> but since you're Reverend Dr. Harriet Walden, you're the founder of Mothers for Police Accountability. You've uh, been on and still might be on the uh, Community Advisory Board for the Seattle Police Department. Uh, you're a subject matter expert. So we're going to go right <laughs> to the incident in Memphis with Mr. <sighs> Tommy Nichols. And uh, uh, the, I'm hearing now people saying that the current uh, chief of police uh, created the Scorpion unit. And the sister, I can't remember her name, a sergeant from uh, the Los, retired sergeant from the Los Angeles Police Department said, that the chief should have known this unit didn't have any supervision and that, uh, that I guess there were other complaints. So I'd like to first of all saying Mothers for Police Accountability stand for accountability. Uh, just give me your perspective right now on what happened to the situation with Tyree Nichols. Well, it was out of, it was a lot of out, out of policy, uh, 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 unconstitutional policing going on out there. And I, I believe everybody knew better uh, and they just didn't do better. Now, whether the unit should have been set up or not, I can't speak on that because I know that she's disbanded. Uh, she did uh, move swift, very swiftly, very, very quickly to be able to uh, fire them. Uh, and I, I did check it out. Uh, I'm, I'm, Tennessee is a, a at-will employment state. So let's get that out first. It's an at-will employment state. That means you work at the will of the employer. You do not have a right to a job in that state. Uh, uh, and, uh, and 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 although there's a union, the union for the police uh, for for for, um, for the officers does not have nearly as much teeth in it as it does in the other places because Washington State uh, might be an at will state, but uh, it's also a highly unionized state, so nobody could move that quickly here. But uh, but also when the, whenever when when I don't care who the chief would be. When they saw that kind of uh, tape and that kind of uh, unconstitutional policing going on, they're going to have to move quickly to do something. They did. Uh, absolutely. Also, we do have Go some ahead. people saying, well, they did this to the black officers, but they don't, the white officers get, and you just pretty much explained that. If you don't have that agreement and uh, that union, then, you know, you can, uh, like you said, Tennessee is a, 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 at will, so they could terminate someone for wrongdoing like right away. Now, in the other cases where we've had this kind of uh, police misconduct, are you are you satisfied that we're going in the right direction in terms of dealing with these out of control cops? I just have to say it like it is. I mean, I like Adrian well, Diaz; he's a chief, but there are some out of control cops in this country. Well, they are, and and they're out of control because they've had uh, fifty years of uh, being out of control and being out of control for a long time. Uh, and uh, and and I, and I think where we uh, have as a community has to continue to organize and say these are public employees, not public servants. We work. They got paid that night when they were beating him up. I mean, nobody. It's not. It's no police department in America with volunteer police officers. They all get paid by the public money. We pay them. 
And I think for too long, we've called them public service, of servant, you're a public servant. I'm a public servant, we don't get paid. <laughs> I mean, so, <laughs> so that's one of the things we have to do. And then I, I do believe that, they, uh, that the chief here is trying to do a good job, especially with this before the badge uh, uh, thing. Uh, that, that this uh, what we're going around and uh, and, and uh, actually meeting with the officers and and they're hearing our stories and going into different communities. I think that's what's necessary. Now, in terms of, uh, are you aware of any other police departments throughout the country that have these Scorpio Scorpion units, where cops go around and playing clothes on unmarked cars and just uh, render their will on anybody they choose? Well, I mean, in 1990, uh, they had uh, they had the gang here. I mean, you know, and they were making the kids get out the car and put the put the take the position and put the guns to the head. I mean, really, that's why we started mothers. I mean, after my kids was beat up, and uh, you have, but 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 we have to also understand we have a high amount of crime that we have not been willing to uh, talk about and and do something about. I mean, because when the gang members, it's amazing that the that the, the FBI and all these people, they killed the Panthers in 18 months and they let the gang stand for 40 years. Okay, when they got ready to eradicate the Panthers, they did that in four, in 18 months and except in one of the places where they did not kill the Panthers, that you were here, I wasn't here, uh, was Seattle because of the mayor that you had. He did not, he did not let them come in here and kill the Panthers like they did in every other city. And the other thing, too, Reverend Harriet, is there was a group of white women called the Radical Women, Gloria Martin, Clara Frazier, and a group of these women surrounded the Panther headquarters uh, to ensure nothing happened to them. Right. But the other thing about the Panthers and the gangs, the Panthers were uh, providing free breakfast and medical exactly. clinics. Exactly. And doing exactly. things like that. That's why they didn't want that, And then the city right. of Seattle and cities across that where the Panthers were end up adopting the school district, started giving children uh, uh, free lunches and free breakfast. And they started, uh, created the medical clinics all in the right. image of what the Black Panthers created. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But but my point is that they, they, they took out what was beneficial to the Black community and let what was harmful stay for 40 years. Why do we still have gangs today? Okay, because you know where they started at and then they shipped them out all over the place. But when they came to Seattle, you know, what was happening here in Seattle? People was getting killed. I mean, you know, they brought crack with them. Uh, they brought all of this stuff by design. We have to understand we're at war. We've been at war for 159 years and we just didn't know it. I mean, and, 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 and what has happened is a war in the black community. And you and I know that the whole idea was to make sure that black people didn't have jobs. And so, you know, coming from Louisiana, that's how they built the chain gang because of people didn't have jobs and they were laundering. They picked them up, put, put them in jail put them in Angola and they'd be out there building uh, the chain gang. And, uh, and the guy down in Arizona, that, that shelf down there was still doing the chain gang, see? Yeah, there's a little boy I remember being on the train. My dad was a pullman reporter. I remember being on the train actually seeing chain gangs uh, right. in, uh, in Louisiana and in Texas and in Arkansas. Right. right. So I, I had a chance to really see that. Now, in terms of uh, the next steps for uh, the assailants, uh, of uh, Tyree Nichols uh, in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, will is the feds involved? Is the Department of Justice involved in this in this situation? Well, they probably will get involved, but you know who's involved is our Thurgood Marshall of the day, and that's uh, our Benjamin Crump. I mean, he's involved, in, uh, yes. and and so we know that the family is in good hands. They will not be exploited. They will get everything that's absolutely they can get. And he will, and he will, and he would uh, litigate. He, he will prosecute this case 
to, to, to the high extent that's available. And if Tennessee Attorney General is smart, uh, uh, they might put some uh, some, some cases, some help on this case, like they did in Minneapolis and Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, to the Derek uh, Chauvin case, uh, who had uh, who murdered uh, uh, George Floyd. I mean, these people will be prosecuted, uh, uh, and they will sentence, uh, and, and they would probably go to jail for a long time. I mean, it was inhumanity. I mean, it was inhumane. It, it was all of the things. And just think, 55 years ago, Martin Luther King got killed in Memphis. They're helping, helping what? The, the, gar the garbage part. And they said, ain't I a man? And then we don't know. Some of these young people, who, who some of these police officers might have had relatives out there. We don't even know the lineage back see. We don't know their lineage could have been could, could directly be related to some of those garbage workers because we know they didn't get a good job. But we know that Martin Luther King lost his job, lost, lost his life there, uh, organizing the least of the people. The garbage workers are the least of the people in the community. To get a good uh, get a good contract, Reverend Harry, why do you think that these five individual Memphis policemen felt that they had the authority to do what they did to Tyree Nichols? And I understand now that they put a gun to another young man's head a little while ago. So I just want to well, know how how do they empower themselves like that? Well, number one, they had no supervision, and never. I mean, I really, because because what they did was was out out side the bounds of policing and yeah white officers do it all the time i mean really and truly i mean we saw and they want to hook mr rodney king well you know we just go straight to rodney king and come back to that i mean the first time an incident was videoed and sent to the public was that event and those police officers took turns in beating him up and every time he got up they put him up again and he and he fell back down uh they said because he was getting up but we know he was trying to get out the way from those licks but those white officers stood around and they watched this event. Uh, but unlike Mr. Uh, uh, Nichols, uh, uh, Rodney King, Mr. King lived. He did not die. He even said, can we all can we all get along? And he did die some few years later. I mean, maybe about 20 years. I think he lived about 20 years uh, after that event. But was, I, was I, Mr. Nichols, was he from, I understand he had ties to Sacramento, California? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think, I think uh, yeah, he was, I think he was, might have been raised or raised there, lived there for a while. Uh, and I think he has family. I think he has a sister there already. I don't know how many children Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Wells has uh, 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 at this point, but uh, uh, but um, it was uh, incomprehensible to believe that African Americans. I mean, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not. I don't care if I don't care what who they work for, what kind of position they were in. But I just to think that their ancestors came on the slave ship just like we did. And to think that they would be so disconnected from humanity. I mean, if he's a criminal, uh, if he's broken the law, make a constitutional arrest and arrest him. But at this point, even the police chief said they didn't see no, no, no signs of reckless, uh, reckless uh, uh, activity. But this is what happens when the love of power goes to people here. They, they use their power that they had and they were bodybuilders. I mean, you know, from my understanding, they were bodybuilders. I mean, they were all buff, as young people would say. I mean, you know, had all these all these people, and they were using him uh, in a way that was so inhumane. But but you know, the statement that I I just love that uh, Mrs. Wells said they brought shame on their family. I mean, really and truly. I mean, because you know, you know, these grandmothers, if they were still alive, you know, it, I mean, these people suffered indignity. I mean, and suffered all that degradation, and then to be able to get a grandson to be a police officer is probably really something that they were proud of. 
What percentage of the Memphis Police Department is black, Reverend Harriet? I think it's about 50%. The, the large percentage of, I mean, see, we're gonna, what's going to come out of Memphis is that you're going to have people sitting in jail that was charged with a crime that got beat up by some of these same officers uh, uh, and they got charged with a crime. See, when a police officer touches you, they're going to charge you with the re resisting arrest and, uh, you know, and all these other charges. Uh, and, and so if you don't have any money, uh, you know, for a good defense, you're going to plead. So how many people have pleaded guilty, pled guilty to some of these charges that might have been bogus charges? But I hear that they've had a problem all the way back to 2016 and uh, 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 longer than that because Memphis has had a problem with high crime. But why is it high crime? Okay, I mean, is it not, not enough jobs? Somebody's dropping guns in the community? Who's educating the children? I mean, there's a lot of things that we need to look in about Memphis. I mean, how are the schools? Are the kids being kicked out of school? There's a whole bunch of stuff here that we need to look at. But I know there was no reason under the sun or either up above the sun. <laughs> you know, you can't go above the sun. But it's no it's no reason for them to act as rogue cops uh, 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 and, and uh, using their power uh, to beat this man, uh, Mr. Nichols, uh, and he died. And then they called the mother and said they had been pepper sprayed and some other thing. She didn't know what condition he was until she went to see him. She didn't know that. And then she didn't know that he was calling her name until she saw. I couldn't watch the video. I mean, I really didn't because I mean, I, I just, uh, I, I just couldn't take that level of brutality into my subconscious mind. Uh, uh, and I applaud the people who could, but I, I personally could not do that. But I, I've been around doing this work for so long. I understand. I understand the brutality of policing. It is one of the most brutal jobs in America. Uh, that you can have. It was almost like slaughtering an animal almost. I mean, because it's, it's not, a, you know, what they're doing and, and, and it's terrible. And not all police, you probably got some good police officers in Memphis. Let me good ask you this, before go we go, because there's been a key questions being asked by people. Do you think the response uh, in the community would have been any different had it been white police officers opposed to black police officers? I, I really, no, I don't think so. I don't, if it had happened in Memphis, I don't think so because they still have that. They still have the right to fire them. Okay. They have the right to fire them, and then I, I, I think it would have been a lot. I think Memphis would have got tore up had it been white officers. The reason why there was there was no tearing up this time. It was swift. Okay, they were arrested and they were charged. Mm -hmm. You don't see that. That 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 took that took some of the sting out of this event. I mean, it took some of the sting out of the event uh, uh, because uh, before, you know, it took a while to get uh, uh, Derek uh, charged with this crime. I mean, he was really charged, but this is a swift that we've had any. This is this is a, the, the, the this is the fastest that we've ever had a police officer or officers charged for a crime uh, as long as I've been doing this. I've never seen nobody charged that quickly. Uh, what do you think now about the George Floyd legislation that has been stalled in Congress? Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad the Black Caucus got together and said something, but they should have put more pressure on Biden when they had, when they had the House and the Senate. You know, I mean, it's going to be a little difficult now. I mean, it really is. I, I mean, I think that some of this stuff you're going to have to get state by state, but you really do need a national standard for training. I mean, I think, I think Israel has a national standard. All the industrialized countries have a national standard for training police officers. And the United States of America is probably time to have a national standard for training because this kind of brutality, I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like, it, it, it's like unheard of. And then to see people that, that, that could be your relative, those police officers could be linked to us in some kind of way. We don't even know, I mean, with our lineage and stuff. To see that going on, uh, it, it's a, it was a sad day. And I, and I talked to black police officers and I said, y'all need to speak up. 
I yeah, say well, we know good officers. We got officers good. We know good officers, and not all black officers. And but also, Mister Ryan, you know how hard we fought to get black officers on the on the force. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you, you know that. I mean, they they didn't want to hire them. That's yeah, right. It, it, it was a fight to get them on here in Seattle. You know that fight it was a fight to get them. Mm -hmm. They had to be a CSO officer before they could be a police officer. Well, my brother Jackie was a, a CR police. He got out of the army early to become a CR police officer. Yeah, he didn't last two years back in uh, the 60s because of just the, the, the culture and the attitude. That's what Ben Crump keeps saying. It's a culture of policing. But That's I do right. want to say that Detective Cookie sent me a copy of a statement uh, by Brenda Goss Andrews. She's the national president of Noble. Right. And they're saying they're standing with, uh, uh, with uh, 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 Tyree Nichols' family, the Wells family, and right. uh, they're praying for... Uh, their healing and indictments right. of the perpetrators of uh, that brutality that Mr. Nichols had to face on that deadly night. So uh, I know you have another guest from here, so I'm at, at your will. So it was a pleasure to interview you on your own program. But since well, you're, a, you're a subject matter <laughs> expert, so you know I figured I'm a whole radio host, so I, I'm not going to interview the subject matter expert. People get more information out of that. <laughs> They would out of me trying to comment on. Well, you know what, Mr. Rye, you know, I, I learned this on the job training. You know, 33 years ago, all I wanted to do was justice for my own children. And I didn't know a thing about how, policing. And, uh, you know, I've learned all this by doing the work. So thank you for being on my show today. And uh, let's stay working on this issue here. And let's reach out to people in Tennessee because uh, Memphis, they're going to have some more stories to tell. I believe that. I believe it too. Well, thank you very much, Robert, right here to right. me to interview you on your own program. Well, thank you. We'll take okay. a break. We'll be right back. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at virtueshealing.com. That's virtueshealing.com. Dot com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at virtueshealing.com today. What's one of your favorite memories? Hmm, let's see. Well, there was this one time I went snorkeling in the Caribbean when I was a kid. It really just blew my mind. I mean, when you're sitting on the beach, it's so peaceful and you sort of forget there's a whole other world under there, just full of all kinds of life. We saw the most beautiful corals. I remember thinking they were waving at us as they moved with the ocean. And then there were all these amazing fish. They kind of reminded me of tropical birds. They were so bright and colorful, just darting all over the place like birds in the sky. I'll never forget it. It completely changed the way I look at the ocean. Most of us have a memory of being in nature we'll never forget. Let's protect the world's natural places so more memories can be made for generations to come. Visit worldwildlife.org. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance.
No other station delivers this much variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Rem Walden. It's my joy to be on air. Bring my next guest on here. It's Stephen Koga, right? K-O-G-R from Arkansas. Way down yonder in Arkansas. All righty. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's so, it's so good hey. to have you on. You might have heard some of my other guests here. You know, I mean, we got energy in the world right now and a lot of sorrow and a lot of uh, suffering. And uh, and um, mm. so, you know, uh, we lift up that family and what's happening in Memphis. But um, you uh, we had already you already booked for here ever since the first of January. Uh, and so I wanted to get <laughs> you on because I know that you're doing great work. And so let's just talk about you. I'm so happy to know that you're an attorney. You're doing some great work in Arkansas, you know. So let's just rock it, okay? Let's rock it with goodness. Awesome. Uh, you know, you was, I met you here at you the University of Washington, and you refreshed my memory that was Michelle Starn was, <laughs> was there as an instructor. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, you know, I moved uh, to the University of Washington, Seattle, uh, from Arkansas to attend law school, they offered me a, a full ride scholarship just based on a history of doing community focused work. Um, and law school didn't really feed my soul in the ways that I needed. And uh, Michelle Storms could see that I was bored with contracts and needed some real love connections in Seattle. And so she suggested that I reach out to you, Reverend Walden. And yeah. we met up at Starbucks uh, there by the Walgreens. Yeah. <laughs> On 23rd and Jackson. Yeah, it's closed now, but yes, that was our hook. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm, yeah. That was it. That was it. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm i just so thankful for you. And you remember we went to see Sweet Honey and the Rock together once? Yes, we did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was special. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, mm -hmm. I read your resume and it's a lot. I mean, your bio and uh, you're doing that. Uh, you come from a, a place where uh, sometimes the views about different people are not always good. Uh, and so Seattle was a welcoming place at that time for you. And, it uh, was. I, 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 you know, we've come a long ways, uh, but we take one step and then look like we do two steps backwards. And so, uh, but uh, uh, after you, after you finish, so, so what was the particular thing that you were doing so that, uh, that the, the law school, saw you and knew that you were somebody that they needed to give a scholarship to that that's yeah uh gosh you know mostly my my work here in arkansas before law school was focused on on police violence against um particularly immigrant single mothers uh so they were they were reporting domestic violence and then being placed uh into the hands of deportation police um here in Northwest Arkansas. Wow. And and I, I worked with uh, immigrant leaders to really try to bring some awareness into the, you know, I prefer the term European American rather than white because white makes it sound like we fell from, from the sky like snow, <laughs> as pure as can be. And European American says we have some history that it doesn't belong here. Um, and so I, I tried to bring some awareness, right, and some public mm -hmm. pressure onto these mm -hmm. cops and these mm -hmm. sheriffs that were doing the bad things. Um, eventually, we got them to stop too. But uh, right, and so that was how I kind of moved into that scholarship possibility. 
Right. Well, I'm glad you did that work and you got that scholarship possibilities and coming out to Seattle because that means that Thank I you. passed cross. But um, <laughs> but you know, I I um, you finished law school. Yes, you graduated. Uh, Thanks and, to you, uh, I decided to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, glad to have you too. Yes, 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 yes. We had a great time. We really did because okay. I, you know, I mean, okay. I'm sure you, I'm sure I told you about my Hiram story, and you know about Hiram. So yeah, we had we had a great time yes. together, and uh, yes, and let people live their full life, you know, the full mm -hmm. life. Absolutely. Yeah. And so and uh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then you went back to your home state. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was just following spirit. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we talked often about following spirit, didn't we? <laughs> absolutely. We did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if if uh, if if I had been given the choice of having a an easier life, I may have chosen it. Um, but, you know, there is a lot of of unnecessary suffering that takes place in Arkansas. Um, yes. For, for black folk, for black folks, for poor white folks, for Latinx folks. And um, to have to have a, a bilingual uh, lawyer who's also a member of the LGBTQ community, it's not, there's not many of us here, <laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. but it feels right. It feels right to mm -hmm. be here. And mm -hmm. um you know, I teamed up a couple of years ago. The president of the local chapter of the NAACP said, Stephen, you know, look at this. You know, the school police officers are only arresting Black kids. What's the deal? And so, you know, we sued the city when they wanted to add more cops into the schools and we stopped them. Um, you know, there's, it's hard to come by lawyers that want to do that work for, as I like to say, free 30 or free 99. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah not that word i mean you know those days uh, yes you're right that's right that's not happening anymore no right right mm -hmm. right but you know i when you love people you 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 do things for them and and they do things for you and it's it feels just like living in a sacred community you know? that's right that's right that's right that's right because something really, you uh, told me once was oh yeah go ahead no no yeah. remind me what i said okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, you said, and correct me, of course, if I'm paraphrasing poorly, but uh, basically, you know, maybe they are right and we cannot have a world of social justice and peace where we can all fulfill our potential. But if we are working toward it, we're making it slightly less terrible than it was. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, yeah. I, Vanna, uh, who started the Zones of Peace, uh, uh, and uh, she she was from Croatia, uh, and her father she was a, a Serb, and and and, uh, uh, and she was both of them, you know, uh, in that area. Her mother and father came from different religions, but uh, mm. she wind up starting the Zones of Peace, uh, and I uh, and we uh, and had had a, a Zones of Peace in, in a lot of places. Uh, and I went to Canada uh, for her uh, to meet the uh, Dr. Van Dan Shiva up uh, there. Uh, when it was the 100th anniversary of uh, of uh, of uh, Gandhi's death, but uh, wow. but why I'm telling wow. her a story is that uh, in 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 India there's a religion called the Jain, and these people they wear, they don't believe in harming anything, and the and the leader of that uh, religion I mean because it is a religion so uh, because they have followers and people believe that way, told her mm -hmm. that peace might not ever come, but the world would be worse 
if people wasn't working toward peace. And that. so I think I think that that's uh, probably something that I got from Vana that uh, that mm-hmm. that you have to be on the road working toward what it is you see. And then the more that I get into learning other things, I know that all of this is it's what we made up. I mean, because God created everything good and called it good in Genesis, yes. but mm-hmm. people didn't believe it was good. So they went on and make up all this stuff that we get it because they could not yes. believe that everything was already given perfect and whole. Yes. And so you got all the rest yes. of the stuff and then people point to all the rest of the stuff, but nobody points to that, that, gen- that it was already given. It was already good. already given good, and, and so mm-hmm. now we're working out of stuff that that the, the carnal mind created. Exactly, these human imposed That's limitations. What, exactly, not understanding that the world yeah. was created in infinite possibilities, infinite mm-hmm. possibilities mm-hmm. of doing something. I used to work with a group of people, yes, and whenever yes. I, I, whenever we couldn't get to to a point. She has a she had a beautiful basket with some rice in it, you know, uncooked rice. And then she would put her fingers in there. Says infinite possibilities to to uh, to, to to answer this. It's infinite. We don't mm. have to be stuck here. We can just keep moving forward because the answer will come if we realize that it's infinite infinite ways that it could show up. Yes, yes, and, yes. And, and yes, then yes. and then when you look up infinite, I did a talk about infinite. But when you get when you give when you look up infinite, it says boundless. Limitless, Boundless. it's unknowable. You can't count it. All that—that's what it means. It's not. Mm. It's, and so, if we could open up our that self, I mean, you know, because those officers there in uh, in Memphis had infinite opportunities, boundless opportunities to be to do Boundless something. opportunities to do something that was not harmful. You yes, know? not destructive. And all the people who stood around, they had infinite opportunities mm. to change the history, yes. to change the tide of history. Because that's what it gives you. It, it changes the tide of history when you step out on infinite possibilities. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, Malcolm X said the South starts at the Canadian border. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but I feel like the South is is differently bad and, yes i do um, too yes yes i, was I think we have more people here that's right that's right yeah Sam- Sanford, was it Sanford? Sanford. i was raised uh. in Sanford, born in jacksonville so i understand south i understand it more than people might think you know because i've been on the west so long but how you were raised and what you put what you see mm-hmm. uh, what you saw when you were a kid growing up in systems and that's why i know I know about Memphis. I I could I, I know the sense of, of of what goes on there. See, you know, yeah. When you expanded yeah. what you just said, your sort of prayer almost it sounded like to me a prayer that we embrace this infinite possibility. And and you mentioned the people standing around and not engaging to change history right there. That's right. There there is so much of that in Arkansas and Tennessee and Mississippi. The the flack that I get or my or my friend Monique who had me move in on that. School uh, police officer situation. We get so much flack because we don't just stand around. We get so much hate that's right. from liberals, even more liberals than conservatives hate us well, that's because right. we're not <laughs> we're not standing around doing nothing. Well, um, well you know, the, the slavery lasts so long in the South because we had good people who did nothing. Fifty percent of the white women owned slaves. 
Okay, so 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 you had it, and then it's the Southern Quakers owned slaves. So when you understand mm. all of that, I mean, so 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 it was a perfect storm of of uh, of, of supporting an unrighteous system from people mm -hmm. who said they knew who God was. See, exactly. I mean, I don't know what book they were using, but it was not. <laughs> it must have been a Christ. different book. It must have been a different book. Yeah, I know. They, they skipped the red letters, there. Reverend Walden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so 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 when you look at this, uh. it's like infinite. I mean, and so when you get home, you know, I mean, when you get to you, you, you know, when you get a chance, just write down all those words for infinite. Mm. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. it's like, wow. So it's nothing that we can't do if we decide to understand that we don't have to know all the ways of doing it. Because what the infinite possibilities mm -hmm. mean is that you might not know how to how, how to stop the water, but somebody else does. And the creator, the creator sends somebody to say, oh, do you need some help with your water? And it's just and sometimes it's so um, synchronicity, sometimes it's so out of the blue, sometimes it's so yes. new agey. <laughs> that, <laughs> yes, yes, that, yes. The people who who in this tunnel ah. stuff called religion, uh, they mm -hmm. they they you know they want to give more credit to to Satan than they do to God. So, so it's like so, it's like, so true. It's so true. You know? And when we limit our, I love what you just said. When we limit our sense of possibility to whatever our tribe believes, whether that tribe is Christianity or or whatever, uh, whatever tribe, when we take away from infinite and narrow it down. I think our capacity to receive God's miracles lessens so exponentially. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. It does because really, um, I know we we didn't say we 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 didn't we we didn't say we we're going to talk esoteric, but it's always esoteric <laughs> for me because yeah. it's like to bring it to. They have to bring it in. Uh, but but there's one scripture. It took me 20 years to understand, and mm. it says, "Them that have is them to get, and them that don't have, get mm. them to taken away." And it took me 20 years to get that, but I got it. And what mm. it means is that them that have is talking about what they have. And so they're talking about, it. oh yeah, yeah, I have this, you know, oh yeah, I got this. I mean, we might think it's braggadocious, but the universe says, oh yeah, they like, so I give them some more. And then the people who get up every morning say, oh, well, I don't have it. But what you, every day we get up with a have, you know what you have is? Breath. Breath. Breath is your have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you get up and you don't recognize you have, you've gone against the universal laws that say you always have because you breath. have what? You have breath. breath. Okay. Mm. And Mr. Yeah. Nichols don't have breath today because it was taken away from him. Okay, but he left home away. with breath. He left home with breath. He did. He left home with breath. He had. See. He did. And when I see his picture, I see someone who oh, was aware that uh, he had breath. Had. That's right. He was aware. There was a light on him. And so that means there was the a light on who, him. It was to be the people who were absolutely doing this to him. Actually, they were so without understanding that what they saw that they didn't, that they just stopped. I mean, because really the light was shining in the darkness for us who can see, you know? Yes. For us who can see, you know? So uh, again, it's like so. Um, that that's an important scripture because it is. I recognize I always have. Mm. And you know what you just said there reminded me too of of people were afraid of Jesus light and in the Bible according if we're gonna believe the Bible if we're gonna believe it it says Jesus had hair like lamb's wool 
Oh yeah, you know, and that means kinky like the Negroes. <laughs> exactly. And so this this uh this man who uh was just uh sacrificed to state violence by uh the latest form of the Romans. Um right, exactly. Just another exactly. another another uh another child of God, you know. That's right, another child of God, you know that? Yes, yes, yes. And then for my yeah. belief system, I believe that all who has ever loved him welcome him with unconditional love. He didn't feel like additional mm. love the last hour. I don't know how long that lasts. No. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I'm, I, I, can't, I mean, and I know what was going through no. his mind was who had given him unconditional love was mama. Yes. He called his mother, you know, George Floyd called mm -hmm. his mother. She came and got him right away because she was already yes. on the other side of the veil. But uh, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. so, so he was calling that what represented unconditional love for him as he was being beat up, okay? Right. And they were there. Right. And, and like, I like how you say the Romans. I mean, because it was the Romans. It's the same idea. Because see, same even idea. though Christianity was started in on the continent, you know, it was Coptics, you know, the Ethiopians, the Palestinians, uh, the Palestine, mm -hmm. uh, Palestinians, and the mm -hmm. Egyptians, uh, it was stolen by the Romans. By the Romans. Stolen and, 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 and edited and etc. etc. And then on top of stealing it, from the people that had stolen from in Africa, and they said that you know they said that the Africans was uh, was uh, infidels, uh, did not have a soul, and that the mm -hmm. enslaved people would be in perpetual servitude. That meant perpetual, and you can see how that perpetual servitude is still going on. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, really mm -hmm. and truly. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's true. But it is. You know, it's like that's so wild. But what is yeah. what 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 is what what is wonderful? It's more mm. and more people are waking up to the spirit and knowing that they were never alone because even, even though what we saw was so gross, I didn't see it. But in the midst of that appearance chaos, the mm. spirit of love was with him. See, I mean, yeah. for we who believe this way, we know that he was not alone because right. scripture says that I would be with you always. Yes. Through the valley always. of death, always. Always, yeah. always, always, always. And so that meant that mm -hmm. uh, as his spirit was leaving his body, it was being lifted and carried by all who have ever loved him and went, and, and going into unconditional love. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. It's all, yeah. uh, it uh, and then me. it's hard to talk about that uh, uh, in a lot of spaces because, you know, I mean, the world, we've grown to have a lot of people who are non-believers. And that's okay. I mean, right. everybody wake up at a different time. But that young totally. man was awake. Yep. And you can, like you said, we can see it in his picture. And um, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the light yeah. will shine on your face. It is a light that shines, light, light that lights up the darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it was Absolutely. A sign. So, uh, but. <laughs> these, these conversations uh, are, are the roots of, in, in the, in this, as you said, it's sort of more esoteric, but it's it's how I'm able to, uh, right. you know, I represent asylum seekers. Uh, one of my asylum seekers uh, was from Mauritania, the last country on the planet to outlaw slavery in 1984. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, it's still ongoing. The institution is still ongoing in Mauritania. It's just de facto, Ill, or, you know, it's, it's, it's illegal officially, mm -hmm. but it still happens. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we uh, we applied for asylum for this this person. So that's I, maybe I should back up and say nowadays I I executive direct a nonprofit law firm called Arkansas Immigrant Defense. Yes, please and, put that out there. You might want to say it again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Arkansas Immigrant Defense, and 
And yeah, you're the founder, and, and so you're we founder were founder and the director. I'm the founder and the director. Thanks to thanks to you and so many people who loved me and put wisdom into me. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a service that I really am thankful for and enjoy. You know. Well, you know and, what? It um, couldn't happen to an. You know, I'm so glad to hear you because you get to live full out. You get to you get to you get to be the love in the world that God says yes, and He put it in you. And you know what? I mean, really and truly, I mean and. That's what I'm glad about. You get to live full out. Yes, yes. Thank you. And do goodness. the work in the world and walk as a light in the world full out in all of all of what you do, you know, and how Absolutely. you live your life and uh, and how you help people. You know, it's like and, uh, and that's how we all should be because God gave us yes. all gifts. Everybody Absolutely. Gift. And why yes. should why should some people's gifts not be welcome uh, uh because of so and so? Because some exactly. man says so and so. Not not exactly. not the creator. Everything I created was in love and it was good. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> it was man that created this duality that is uh, so a confusing. duality. See, that's right, a duality. But but if you understand, it's only one. So you come only out of one. the duality, and you know I'm so glad you stepped up and stepped out. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you for helping give me get get that transition into my heart mind. Uh, because uh, because it is taxing, Reverend Walden. You know, I, I deal with most of my clients. I have a couple hundred clients, and, and most of them are children. Average age is fourteen. Uh, they're they're seeking asylum in the U.S. Um, and uh, they're from all over the world. And uh, they somehow, one way or another, found their way to Arkansas. Poor, <laughs> poor folks, and a landlocked state with no water. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how they got here. Um, Generally, how they get here, though, in, in all seriousness, is they have family here and somebody who loves them and said, you can come here. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the Office of Refugee Resettlement gives them the phone number and email address of Arkansas Immigrant Defense. And then we make them eligible for Medicaid if they're under 21. We file their asylum and we try to fight their deportation and get them on a path to a lifelong security so that they can live that full gift. That's that right. The, the creator gift. gave them. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just gift. a tiny piece. I'm just a tiny piece. I just want to give people access to being able to live their full gift uh, away from fear, away from exploitation. Yes. And that's how yes. I feel my little my little chess piece. That's that's what I'm doing. Well, I, I'm so glad you're doing that because really it's necessary. It's necessary yeah. because to create an infinite wisdom, infinite again, infinite wisdom, infinite, infinite unboundless, limitless wisdom creates us mm. all. Yes. Now created us all. And now, you know, they say that, the, you know, life began in Africa. So that meant, you know, and uh, as Ivan Van Serderman said, that might the Africans left Africa 250,000 years ago, upright and people the world, and people the continents of the world. Uh, mm. So that means that we have a footprint everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I tell you, the graciousness of the mighty African was not the one to lock people out. You know, it was not the one. Yeah. Not. And I, mm -hmm. and one little, the one, you know, I'm a historian and you know, you, that, you know, you know that, but the, yes, guess what? The first pyramid <laughs> ever built in the world was in uh, uh, Egypt, uh, in Egypt, when it was the seat of blackness, it was called Memphis. It's a miracle going to uh, come out of Memphis, okay? I don't know okay. what the miracle is going to be. 55 years ago, Martin Luther King lost his life there. Trying oh, wow, to make life right. better for black people, okay? Mm -hmm. And then 55 years later here, I, 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 the Roman gods who, who was doing this uh, was, was black people, okay? So it can't be nothing but, and all this other stuff, so it can't nothing come out of Memphis right now 
But yeah. eventually, I, I mean, I mean, a miracle is going to come out of Memphis because if you tie up that seed of blackness back there, and over 300, uh, three uh, 3,000 BC before Christ, 3,000 years before yes. Christ, <laughs> and it yes. might have even been longer than that. You know, before right. long before the world had this type of civilization, they were building pyramids. And the first mm -hmm. one, it was near a river. It was near a river. I mean, and I guess Memphis is near near a river. I'm not, you know, I don't know all the geography there. I'm going to look it up. But uh, it is. It's it's right. It's right on the Mississippi. It's right on the Mississippi. Oh, and well, that's another M right there, right on the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Mississippi, absolutely, Reverend. And I'm so, you know, I hadn't connected that dot, but you're right. Dr. King was there for the sanitation workers when he that's was right. assassinated, and that's right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And he was had they were signed they had the sign that says, and I, uh, I'm a man. They wanted dignity. Okay. Yes. And uh and mm -hmm. uh, and Mr. Uh, uh Mr. Nichols was not afforded any dignity that Dr. King gave his life for. Right. And, you know, and they were making pennies there, you know. And it's still a right to work at will work at state. Uh, and so that's why they got fired so fast, because they don't have a wow. right to a job. But mm. uh, but when you when you think about it, you think about it, history and you think about the life of Dr. King, you think about the pyramids in Egypt uh, 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 and how we get so caught up on pop culture that we mm. don't understand how to connect the dots in history that could free us from this madness. Yes. It could free us. Yes. Because of free killing. us from the duality. That's right. Because of murder and mayhem and harm. Mm. Could have got us to Nirvana, we'd have been rocking long before I met you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Hey, we'd have been um, rocking a long time. I mean, it's like, hey, the Crusades, all this war, all this war, and it's because because now again, we know what God created over here was good. Right. And so and so the duality and the control comes out, and people want to just control other people and they keep their stuff going. But you can't mm -hmm. blame God for it. Because the because nope. the infinite is boundless. <laughs> That's right, and I'm gonna do as you say as soon as we hop off here. I'm gonna look up the uh, the definition and, and write these words down. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. be surprised. You're yes, be Reverend surprised. Wally, Years ago, I I got from you these wonderful wonderful cards with your paintings, your wonderful paintings. Oh yeah. Do you still have any of those? Well, I have to get some more made. I mean, I have. Uh, okay, I, I, I love them so uh, much. But I, I do. I have a book though with some artwork in it. It's I do. I have that, and I love it. Oh, you got you got my repetition <laughs> journaling. Okay, well, I'm repetition getting that one done again. Okay, that's oh I'm good. Getting, uh, yeah, I'm, I, that's how I'm, I'm getting some more of those uh, uh, printed. Then I have another Beautiful. book that's coming out uh, pretty late this spring. It's called uh, My Spirit Basket because I do spirit baskets every Ooh. day. My on Facebook, basket. I say the day my spirit's basket is full up. Sometimes it's spirit or whatever it is, and and that mm. book is going to be a little small book like this one, like my other one, and have some more okay. artwork in it. Yeah, fantastic. And I've been oh, writing good. this book. I've been writing every so every day I post a spirit basket, but it is part of my book. And I've done way over awesome. for it. And I mean, I'm just, I mean, I'll have one for every day. So I've been doing it for a while, and uh, and then wow. I'll have some some other products coming out around with with infinites on it and some other things that mm. I've been doing, but um. Oh, so good, you got it, you know, for people who this work, you have to, for me, you have to have a, you got to have that spiritual practice. You cannot do this work without having a well. Exactly. You got to have a well exactly. to go to. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, you don't get mm -hmm. jaded. Yes. You have to come with, uh, you got to come with that spirit of purity, you know, yeah. I mean, really and truly, because once you get to be on the, you know, it's like, 
And so it's, you know, it's constant, you know? I mean, mm. I think when I, when I was doing the Goldsmith tape groups too, I was doing the uh, girls and those, that's kind of evaporated, but that I was spending like four weeks in the, four hours in a uh, week in the silence. Wow. You know, so. Uh, <laughs> wow, wow, I love it. Yeah, I love I it, I love it. I, I, I'm trying to really reconstitute those four hours in the silence time. Uh, you know, and then Marcus Garvey said you needed to read four hours a day. And uh, before I got on Facebook, I was up to two hours a day. But <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, yeah, Facebook slows things down. Marcus Garvey <laughs> said you get an uneducated man. You can, if you teach him to read and he reads four hours a day, in two years you would have an educated man. Wow. And let him walk Beautiful. with a dictionary and they, lead, and they learn a word a day. I love it. And you said, I remember you said once something like, uh, oh, what's the name of that library in, uh, in the Central District? Uh, Douglas Truth. Douglas Truth. You said that's the best place you can get your college education. You get your PhD right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has everything. You know, all everything Wilson, you need. The, the great playwright, uh, he stopped going to school and his mother didn't know it. And he went to the Pittsburgh Library every day. And uh, oh, wow. so he didn't, he, he didn't have any advanced degrees. He learned in the library. And so everything wow. you need is in the library. It's just not organized. College organize it for you. Yes, that's First right. First year you got to do this. Second year you got to do that. But if you wanted to learn, and I'm a lifetime learner, if you just wanted to learn at your own pace, uh, then you'd be then you can just go to the library. And uh, like every time I take something, I studied for two years. I took the Coptic religion. I studied. I studied something every two years, just for my own uh, way. I'm not trying. You know, it's just because I, I love history. So I, I just studied. You know, I mean, I love to study. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so thankful. You yeah, study and, know, and you put that study into service. Well, yeah, but also I know a lot of lawyers when they come out of law school, they don't hardly read anymore because they, they've just been reading. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so true, Reverend Walden. <laughs> so true. Know, I'm so happy for what you're doing, though, because you, you're light. You're lifting the planet. You're, in, you're inclusive. You know that uh, you, you might not have been using the word uh, infinite, but you know that that's infinite ways of uh, doing things because mm. what you did, you had to think out the box to do that. You know, I mean, and they probably had to tell you, people told you, well, you're not going to make a lot of money and you're probably not, it's not going to work. But uh, what God, what God has called, called and qualified, God will also prosper. Yes. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you yes. for that. Yes, mm. And, and, you know, Reverend, well, I just want to thank you uh, for not just, uh, you know, being such a guide and mentor to me personally, but your house was for decades, the house. Where young people could go when they were not safe anywhere else. Well, that's true. And I just want that's I just true. want people listening to hear that that, that you well, yeah, were that right. for South Seattle. Right. Well, my son lived in Hiram. You know, he's high maintenance. He's in spirit now, and he loves to be talked about. Just because they're behind yes. on the other side of the veil, don't mean that they're not in your business. But uh, exactly. So, uh, so <laughs> uh, Hiram lived his whole life uh, as a gay guy, uh, as a young guy. He mm. came out of the closet as a teenager. Uh, and a mm. lot of black boys uh, got kicked out, and uh, and so I never knew who was at my house. And I know I had that plaque yeah. that said, "We welcome all people, all all sexualities, all religion. Everybody was welcome here." And I had that. I got that plaque in the '80s, and it was always on my house, on my door. And wow, if anybody wow. came to my house and didn't like them, you know, didn't like, then they couldn't come back. I mean, because really, yeah. truly, it's like, hey. I mean, and then I was, I and then I was interim uh, at, at the Reverend Hall's church after she passed away. Wait, so so during the mm. two, and it was a church that was open. It was a church actually for people who who were uh, uh, in same sex relationships. I mean, because wow, and then wow. in the eighties, uh, in the uh, in the early nineties, some people were dying from AIDS. The church, the black church, wouldn't let them in. 
the black church would wow. not funeralize these people. And Reverend Hall did that. And when she passed away, I was wow. an interim pastor for them at Sojourner of Truth Ministry. And you know what? You have wow. all these people who the world say God don't love and they bring in their gifts. They can sing. They could do this. I mean, so what God would keep people from not using their gifts, okay? Here they come over right. and run a church and they can sing and they can do this stuff and they got all this skill yeah. and they got all this love. What are you supposed to do with it? You know, it's like, hey, you know what? It's like, th that's not right. I mean, and Reverend Hall's slogan right. was that God is love and love is for everyone, was Reverend Hall's slogan. It's for everyone. God I love that, everyone. Reverend Hall. God is love. Thank you, Reverend Hall. Love is for everyone, was Reverend Hall's, uh, that's what she meant. And she funeralized wow. so many people. And sometimes the families wouldn't even take the ashes when they were, I wow. mean, really, I wow. mean, this stigma, I mean, uh, and this division, it's like, hey, you know, I mean, my grandmother taught me not to be a hater. That's the best thing she ever taught mm. me. And her husband got, yeah. first husband got lynched by some white people. But she taught me not to be Oof. a hater. And then coming from the South and coming from being, you know, the South is different. I mean, you know, people, black people are conservative, yes. not, not conservative that way. But when people tell you something, you have to believe it because they're telling you something for your own good. But exactly. it's like, hey, if I hadn't had Hiram, I'd have been like, oh, George, maybe they all not to live. Well, I don't know what. But hey, so here come Hiram. <laughs> he was my greatest teacher. God gave you Hiram to teach yeah. you. Full right. love. He was my greatest teacher because, you know, we had this debate, but I didn't think same-sex couples should uh, adopt children. And he told me, he said, oh, mama, I'm ashamed of you. He said, I'm ashamed of you that you would think that it would be okay for these children to be in and out foster care than to be in a loving mm. home. Mm. And he took mm. me, I mean, it's like, oh, okay. And now he says, he's got a point, said, my son. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, so, so and my greatest teacher, you know, uh, my greatest teacher it. about having a, a, a wider place to love people. And, and, and he said, and his home going day was right, and that January, that's why I said, I don't know how to do a lot. Because my birthday is, uh, my, my grandson, who was born the year after him, January 1st, mm. mine is the uh, 4th, and then Hiram Homegoing Day is the 5th. And so I don't hardly do anything wow. to, the, to the, I don't do a calendar to the last week in January. It's when I pull, pull the card calendar together. But, uh, but my yeah, greatest yeah. teacher, my greatest teacher. I love it. You know, Reverend yeah. Walden, one more thing that, that keeps me going that I wanted to share with you and our yeah, listeners. Yeah, we, uh, we got one more minute. So, so Oh, okay. one more minute. Okay, I'll make it quick. Um, so uh, I have a band, and it's uh, the website is www.loverlover.live or .live, L-I-V-E. And uh, the last song that I released is called Diagnosis. And it's about that, that unconditional love that we're invited to give to people who right. are dying of some sort of diagnosis. Yes. And, and, and it's an opportunity for everyone, right? It's an opportunity to show love and receive love. That's right. And that's what the song that's is it. about. Anyway. But make sure you send me that link to send it to me. And I'll, I you know, I'll put it, all, I'll, I I'll put it out there. This is wonderful. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you. So I happy mean, to see you. Uh, and uh, to see you and to know that the work that you're doing, you are a light and, uh, and God bless you with your work uh, uh, there God in Arkansas and all the work that you're doing, the people that you touch. I'm so proud to have you on my show. It won't be the last time. Thank you, Reverend Walton. Awesome. Right. You have a Thank great you. week. See you. Thank you. Thank you. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walton. This is my joy to be on there. Check out our podcast also, and I'll see you next week.